Episode 34, The Ten Commandments Out came from the midst of thunder, lightning, fire, and smoke, the earth shaking, came the voice of God. He would then give the Ten Commandments to the people of Israel. This would be the beginning of making the covenant between God and the Israelites. Welcome to the History of the Bible podcast. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, the Lord spoke to the whole tribe of Israel who were at the base of the mountain behind the boundary. It's debated by scholars on whether or not God himself spoke to the Israelites, if he just spoke to Moses or even if God spoke at all, but rather being angels that gave the covenant with the people. However, in Exodus 19 verse 20, it says that Moses went down the mountain and in Exodus 20, verse 1, it says that God spoke all of these words. When God begins, he reminds the Israelites of who he is and what he has done for them. And then he gives them what is called today the Ten Commandments. One thing that comes up when the story of God speaking to Moses and the Israelites is that it's believed by many people that these things did not happen but were the byproducts of taking hallucinogens. Yes, some scholars don't believe that God talked to the Israelites, but that it was just the results of imagination while on narcotics. There are two types of plants in the region that have been known to have psychoactive effects. One of these plants is mentioned in the Bible, and it's the acacia. The gum from these type of trees has been used for medicinal purposes. However, in the Bible, the only reason it mentions this plant is because the wood from it was used to build the Ark of the Covenant and sections of the tabernacle. Often these conclusions of saying that Moses and the Israelites were on narcotics are believed because it removes the need to have to believe in supernatural events or altogether the need to believe that there is a God. If the whole nation of Israel was on narcotics and they just hallucinated the events happening at Mount Sinai, how is it that all the people experienced the same hallucination? Would not each person see something different that was unique to them? Again, this is about trying to give a natural explanation to God and the supernatural things that he does so that God no longer needs to be believed real. Believing what the Bible says is true, God did speak to Moses and the Israelites from Mount Sinai to begin the covenant between God and the Israelites. The first commandment that God gave the Israelites was to have no other gods before him. This commandment was to come against the polytheistic culture and society of that time. Coming out of Egypt, and going into the promised land, which was called Canaan at the time, both Egypt and Canaan worshipped multiple gods and goddesses. Often the people would have one main god or goddess that they worshipped, and then on the side, so to speak, they would worship other gods and goddesses. This can be seen with the Egyptians. Their main god of worship was Osiris and Ra, but they still worshipped many gods. The words, no other gods before me, in Exodus 20 verse 3, 
isn't saying that God needs to be placed on top of the God's worship, but rather it should be interpreted to mean as long as I live or as long as I am the true God, he is to be worshipped. God will always be, so there's no other God or goddess besides him. He will not have any rivalries for worship. Eventually, there will be a day in which God will become the people's God, and they will be his people, with no doubts about who he is. But until that day, the commandments still stand. The second commandment is to not make any carved image of any kind, nor are they to bow down to it in worship, nor serve the image. At that time, every god and goddess had some type of image for itself. This commandment was not just to make images of other gods and goddesses, but they were not allowed to make any type of image for God himself. As Colossians 1 verse 15 says, that God is an invisible God. And to try to make an image for God would only be based on things that he has created, not God himself. This includes anything in the heavens, the stars, moon, and sun, but also birds and angels, or anything on the earth of animals or humans, nor anything under the earth in the water of the oceans. Where the Israelites were coming from in Egypt, the Egyptians set up images of their gods and goddesses from all created things. Birds were seen as the images of gods, cows were seen as the ultimate providers, and the crocodile was worshipped out of fear. Israel was called out of this type of worship and polytheism to begin worshipping the one true God. God was saying no more bowing down and worshipping an image or serving them with offerings or sacrifices because the Lord is a jealous God. This type of jealousy is not the type that is thought of today. Today, when jealousy is talked about, it is often envy and greed, wanting what someone else has. But the jealousy that God is referring to in Exodus 20 verse 5 is more closely related to the picture of marriage. In marriage, if one person in the relationship begins going around sleeping with other people outside of the marriage, the other one in the relationship would have a deep anger and passion towards them because in a marriage covenant, it is saying that you are mine and no one else's. This is a jealousy that God is talking about. God is wanting to enter into a marriage-type relationship with his people where God says that you are mine and no one else can have you. This is the heart of the loving God. When Jesus came down to earth, Colossians 1 verse 15 says that he is the image of the invisible God. No longer did they have to look to make an image of God, but God gave an image of himself in the person of Jesus. The third commandment is, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The name of a person, or in this case God, reveals the identity of the holder of that name. God revealed himself to the Israelites and Moses from the very beginning through his name, and as time went on, he would show himself through his power. But the name of God revealed his identity to the Israelites. The word to be used for vain simply means to waste as well as falsely. This would be referring to falsely swearing by his name, 
cursing with his name, and even using his name in magic. Oftentimes in ancient history, a curse and magic were used as one. The fourth commandment was remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. In Exodus 20 verses 9 and 10, it says that for six days they were to do all their work, but on the seventh day, no one was allowed to work, not even the foreigners staying in the land. God portrayed this when he created everything in Genesis, saying that it took him six days to make everything, and then he rested on the seventh. This was to be an example to people. This is the first time that the Lord introduces this commandment in the Bible. For the most part, the other commandments were communicated to Israel's forefathers, but never to make the Sabbath a holy day. However, it is believed that the Israelites had some type of information regarding the Sabbath and making a day of rest in honor of God. Later on, Jesus would say that he was the Lord of the Sabbath in Matthew 12, verse 8. Today, it has been discovered that just taking one day a week off from work helps restore not only the body, but also the mind and the spirit of a person. The fifth commandment is to honor your father and mother. Paul says in Ephesians 6 verse 2 that this is the first commandment with a promise. That promise Paul is talking about is in Exodus 20 verse 12 when it says, so that your days may be long in the land the Lord has given you. Some scholars believe that when this promise is given, it is talking about the nation living for a long time in the promised land. But Paul is writing to a group of Christians that no longer live in Israel. That would mean that Paul is talking about the individuals living longer because they have honored their father and mother. The passage in Leviticus 20 verse 9 is used to point out that parents were allowed to put to death their children if that child had cursed their parents. Scholars believe that a disobedient child would bring down the wrath of God, much like if the Israelites disobeyed God who is their heavenly father. The reason for this is that when children begin to be disobedient, the family structures begin to deteriorate, causing society to eventually fall apart because society is made up of families. The sixth commandment is you shall not murder. Other translations say, not kill. However, the killing of another person in battle, in defense of oneself and family, and the death penalty are all lawful practices and still not a transgression against this law to not kill. This commandment is to show the value of human life. Often, in ancient history, human life was not valued, but each person is made in the image of God. The seventh commandment is to not commit adultery. This is to protect the sanctity of marriage. Adultery is any one married person having sex with someone other than their spouse. God created marriage to bring a man and a woman together into one flesh in Genesis 2 verse 24. Yet, when adultery happens within a marriage, it rips the family apart. Society is made up of communities and communities are made up of families. The family is the building block of society. The eighth commandment is to not steal. This is really to take anything that belongs to your neighbor without their knowledge or consent. But this was not just against a person's neighbor. It was calling a person to not steal from anyone. If it wasn't yours, 
and it was taken, then it's stealing. The ninth commandment is to not bear false witness against your neighbor. This is to protect the people from being publicly charged falsely in court or privately. Bearing false witness is associated with the court, as a person was often called upon to witness against a person. But it is also calling for people to not take their neighbors to court over false accusations. When called not to bear false witness against their neighbor, it is not only protecting a person from being falsely accused, but it is also protecting the justice system within society. This is why later on God would require two witnesses to convict a person in court, rather than just one. But it was a serious matter for someone to bear false witness in court. Ancient Greece, Rome, and Egypt all had punishments for this. In Greece, a fine was imposed on the false witness, and if convicted three times, they would lose all their civil rights. In Rome, a false witness would be thrown headlong from the Terrapian rock. And in Egypt, a false witness would have their nose and ears amputated. A false witness was a serious matter, and if it were to go unchecked, any person could bring their neighbor into court and harm them for something that they never did. This commandment protects the people and the justice system within a society. The tenth commandment is to not covet your neighbor's house, their wife, their servants, their herds, and livestock, or anything that was their neighbor's. This is often thought of as being one of the first laws in ancient times to not only address actions, but also address the heart of a person. When it mentions coveting your neighbor's wife, it goes a step beyond what the seventh commandment says, and that a person should not commit adultery. But this commandment gets more to the heart of the matter, just like Jesus did in Matthew 5, verse 28, when he said to even look at a woman with lustful intent, he has already committed adultery. The first four commandments are about the relationship with God, and the rest of the commandments were about the relationship that they had with each other. This is why Jesus would later sum it up by saying to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself, in Luke 10, verse 27. These commandments were the foundation for the Israelites and their society, but it was also the beginning of the covenant with God. In Jewish tradition, the number 10 means completeness. The Ten Commandments would complete the covenant with the Israelites. Now, other laws would be added later on, but relationships were all summed up by Jesus by loving God with everything we had and loving others as ourselves. When these commandments are given to the people of Israel, they are still at the base of Mount Sinai, and with the voice of God came thunder, lightning, the sounds of trumpets, and the mountain smoking, which caused fear to rise in the Israelites that they stood afar off, not daring to come closer to the mountain. The people then told Moses that he should speak to God for the people, and then convey the message from God to the Israelites, because out of fear, the people thought they would die if they continued to hear his voice directly. God wanted to, in a sense, show himself to the Israelites that they would remember that God is not a far-off God, nor is he made up of silver or gold. 
The reason that God didn't show himself as anything other than lightning, thunder, trumpet sounds, and smoke, because if the people of Israel saw something, they would have made an image in the place of God. As in those times, all the gods and goddesses had an image, sometimes multiple images, to be worshipped in the place of the deity. God then gives the Israelites instructions on how to build an altar. This was because oftentimes, other nations would make elaborate altars to offer sacrifices to their gods and goddesses. But God didn't want that. The altar was to be made of earth. But if it were to be made of stones, the Israelites were not allowed to carve anything on it. Most altars had images of the deity that they were sacrificing to. So the altar was to be made up of stones that they gathered and not stones that were cut out or carved on. God would continue to give other laws concerning other matters of life to show the covenant between them. But all of these other laws would come from the base of the Ten Commandments and definitely from the command Jesus gives to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love others as yourself. So join us next time in episode 35, The Redemption of Slavery, as God continues to confirm His covenant with His people. Thanks for listening to the History of the Bible podcast. We want to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. Please check out the links in the show notes. Until next time, remember that you are loved, special, and worthwhile.